Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is our land is Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the All Night Long Podcast. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's a stallion, I am the enforcer, and this week we have a very special guest. You know him from Beyond Wrestling, from Women's Wrestling Revolution, Chaotic Wrestling, the voice of New England to me, a New Yorker. <laughs> Rich Paladino. Rich, thank you so much for joining the show, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate of it. Course, of course. Listen, it is... First of all, tell us how you're doing. Everybody's in quarantine. You can't go out of the house. If you sneeze in public, you get excommunicated. How are you holding up? Mrs. Paladino makes me wear a, a mask just to go to the grocery store. So, um, uh, and, and rubber gloves and the whole nine yards because she's terrified of it. My... my not to bring everything, not to bring it down right off the get-go. My wife, um, she's totally fine. She had a brain tumor like a year and a half ago. She had it removed. So her uh, immune system is not as up to par as yours and mine and um, the stallion over there. And um, so she really like freaks out just about everything about the pandemic because she's just like, all right, you get home, you take off your clothes, you put them in the washing machine. So she's all about that. But as far as dealing with the pandemic, I'm okay with it because I work my real job from this desk that I'm sitting at right now. So okay. I'm used to being home and my twins are 14, so they don't leave their rooms. So <laughs> my son just will play Fortnite or Madden or whatever with his buddies, and my daughter's FaceTiming and doing whatever girls do when, when they're 14. Your, right? yeah. yeah. So I've got my man cave, and I have – I just watch old wrestling because I miss seeing wrestling with a crowd. So it's just a weird – can I swear on this? It's, yeah, say whatever you want. It's a fucked up time to be alive. It really it is. is. It is, man. And, I mean, especially with WrestleMania over the weekend and – you know, like you, it, every week, I mean, as a, first of all, if anybody goes to any of your social medias, you are not just the voice of wrestling. You are a huge wrestling fan. And I think that's yeah. 
so cool. I, I think it's so weird. I'm not trying to put anybody else down, but when we have like wrestlers on the show or personalities, and they're like, "Oh, you know," I'm like, "What do you What do you mean? You know? Like, is this not like?" Yeah. I, there was somebody that we asked. Um, the the big thing on the show, real quick, is Joe the Stallion is a huge Bret Hart. I'm sorry, he's a huge Shawn Michaels guy, and I ride or die with Bret Hart, and it's yeah. right down the middle. And every time we have somebody on the show. We need to know what side you're on, so we, you know, we need to know where you stand. And this one talent we asked, she's like, "Oh, I don't really watch them." I'm like, so, "What?" Oh. I almost hung up on the person. I was like, "What do you, what do you mean? You haven't really seen a lot of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels?" <laughs> and then I was like, "I'm, you know, we're mid 30s, and I'm like, is it? I, I, it, it was a younger talent, but I'm like, how do you not go back and watch two of the greatest, yeah, of all time? You have to know your roots." Yeah, that was uh, that was like on um, what was it? Was it? The Tough Enough when Stone Cold was one of the hosts. And I think they asked, um, uh, what was her name? Um, I don't oh. know. The other, the, not Naomi, but the other one. I think it was her that they asked, what's your favorite match? And she was like, um, Alicia Fox against Melina. And I was like, my head exploded. I mean, granted, she made, she got a contract eventually and ended up making good money. But Stone Cold's like, out of all the matches in professional wrestling. <laughs> That's your favorite. That's uh, the one you watched before you came on the show. That's why it's your favorite. Yeah, you know? yeah. Stone Cold uh, kind of put her in her place, but you know, out here, like my good friend Brian Fury has the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, um, which is the home for home training base for Chaotic Wrestling, and we can go through all the names that have gone through there. But um, Dr. Tom Pritchard used to come and do camps all the time, and I remember him asking every student, like, "Who's your favorite wrestler?" And somebody said the ultimate warrior. And he was like, why? <laughs> you know, everybody else like, they, Oh, I like Ric Flair. I really like Harley race. And there are a lot of young kids too, but you know, it's just, it's, I am just to go back to the initial thing. Yeah. I am a huge fan. This is all I've ever wanted to be a part of my entire life. So, wow. you know, um, I want, I'm going to probably start an Instagram for all my collectibles, because if I swung this laptop around and you saw all my stuff, you'd be like, Oh my God, it's, ridiculous so that that's awesome and we had um retro ag on and he kind of went into his collection and the stuff he got and i was just like dude i'm like that is it's yeah. so cool i know he's got an instagram specifically for his collection so that that people love that man that, that would be great and you just seen what you got there hulk hogan posters i think in junkyard dog and paul Orndorff, and <laughs> yeah you know, that was from my high school cool stuff was, oh wow yeah that i ripped that off the cafeteria wall uh that was back in 85 they they wwf came to my high school that was like greatest thing my picture was on the front page of the paper because i was in the second wow. row me and my buddy i was i don't know 15 14 15 years old yeah, awesome. I saw on your twitter you said you've been doing this for 26 27 years uh ha i had no idea with with all due respect you sure. do not you you are you don't look like somebody that's been in the business 26 27 years you look much younger than i guess i assume <laughs> so you've been a, you've been doing this for quite some time yeah, I started in 93. Um, next month, I'll be 51 years old. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's the secret? Uh, I think wrestling. I, <laughs> right now, I've never been home this long. I've never been around my family for this long a period of time. Um, I still get such a thrill out of announcing a show um, like I did when I started in 93. It's ridiculous. I just, I have so much passion and respect for this business. It's a shame I never made a full-time career out of it, but I've done pretty well. I mean, last year I did 96 shows. I mean, 
I really can't complain, but I think I'm going to end up losing about 96 shows this year because I've, I'm actually keeping a running tally because, you know, I just found oh. out two more bookings I had out here just got, you know, canceled for obvious reasons. So I would have been coming back from Tampa either last night or today. Um, actually, last night I would have been coming home. Um, I lost, you know, about five or six bookings out there. So it's just in two and three days, you know, and that, that's the, that's why we've been reaching out to so many, you know, um, wrestlers and personalities because what the fans don't think of a lot of time is like, for example, this weekend, everything got canceled last year at this time. Um, we were at WrestleCon, we were at uh, pancakes and pile drivers, you know, last year we were at that show. And like, you don't think of the economic burden that the, the talent really faces when you lose this many bookings so it, it's so it, it's such a a, a a really shot in the arm to the business i you know you feel bad for people that make their living just strictly on professional wrestling and how you have i would assume I'm, I'm not a talent but like between WrestleCon and autograph signings and your bookings this is when you look forward to this this is when you make the lump of the money correct Oh, definitely. Especially for those guys. I mean, and, and that's why I don't really take the social media too much, too much to be like, Oh, poor me, because I have nothing to bitch about because I have a good full-time gig, um, which is how I pay my mortgage and feed my family. Um, but that extra, the, the side hustle money comes in real handy. Those are the, you know, do two or three shows in a weekend. It's like, no, we don't need to go to the ATM or yeah, here, here's the money. Go buy the groceries, you know? So it's kind of taking a step back now and looking and reassessing everything. I'm very fortunate. My wife is very fortunate, but her company, um, she's in the fashion industry. So it's like, you know, I work in the food industry. So I work for, um, one of the biggest food manufacturers in the United States in the world, actually, people are going to eat food, after this pandemic's done and they're, they're eating it during nobody's going to be buying like women's sweaters and stuff. That's not like a priority. So she's already taken a pay cut. So you take, she's already taken a pay cut at work, could be losing her job depending on how this all shakes out. And then you take that money loss plus, you know, my side hustle money. I'm just like, Oh God, we got to, you know, it, it adds up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're saving elsewhere. So we're not eating out. Obviously we're not, putting gas in our cars and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's six and one half to the other, but honest to God, like my heart goes out to every independent performer out there. That's making a living. I, I'm too, I already, I already told my wife, I'm like, I'm buying some t-shirts. I just actually, I just bought the, uh, Tracy Smothers t-shirt. So I'm sure oh, you guys heard, yeah. you know, Tracy's got uh, stage three lymphoma. I can't never say that right, but cancer. I mean, I worked with Tracy back in the nineties when ECW was up here, I used to announce for ECW for a couple of years. So, um, he was always more than good to me. He was in Janela's clusterfuck battle Royal last year. You know, it was just as nice as he was 20 years ago. So it's like, all right, I bought the Tracy Smothers shirt. I made a donation to Tracy's fundraiser, but I'm going to go pro wrestling tees and just buy a few of my favorite indie guys, shirts and stuff like that just to help out the cause so yeah and i think um pro wrestling tees just sent an email they're doing like a 20 percent off you know so it's such a good time to do that you get the yeah. one percent off stock up on all your all your uh you know all the talents you're not going to see and the ones that you appreciate you know a lot of the stuff is for free you figure you know um we'll get into you know independent wrestling.tv but it's you know the 9.99 or whatever it is that and how much you get for 9.99 compared to let's say five or six years ago before there were any kind of networks you're paying 15 dollars a show 
Yeah. You know, so if you're, you know, you when you're buying the Evolve shows back in the day, it was 15 bucks a show. It was $19.99 a show. Now you're spending $10 and you're getting just a plethora of content. If you have it, fork it over to those, you know, less in need right now or Absolutely. more in need right now, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned ECW and I saw a post you put up. It said uh, you and Joel Gertner. And you referenced him as your coach in your first ECW uh, endeavor. What did you do with ECW, and what did Joel Gardner do with you? So I ended up ring announcing for them uh, from November of '96 to till January of '99 for all their New England shows. Um, my first show was uh, just featured on Dark Side of the Ring last week. Um, the mass transit incident. My very first booking. <laughs> so it's funny because I love that you guys hit me up. You know, just asking me to be a guest on the podcast. So many people, like, after that came out, oh, can you come on our podcast and talk about that? I'm like, what else is there to really say other than my perspective? You've already had, you know, the whole story, and there were some holes in that in that theory of everything that happened that night. But, yeah, that was my first, like, ECW booking. So um, I knew Gertner just, like, before social media, just like talking on the phone or whatever, um, he was just starting out and he was looking to get some announcing gigs up here and stuff. And he used to actually go under the name like Joey Jaguar. I'll never forget it. Excuse me. So I, um, oh yeah, I, I broke in with a, uh, with a guy named the Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble. Tony Rumble. Yeah. So he's the one that broke me in. And I remember he called me and goes, Hey, Paladino, somebody's trying to take your job. And it was Joel Gertner. And he was like, Hey, you know, I do ring announcing, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you ever have any openings. And he and I didn't know each other. Fast forward a few years, I start ring announcing for ECW. And we finally get to connect and work together. He was my coach because at that point, late 96, he was not ring announcing. He was the heel mouthpiece for the Dudleys. Yeah. So, um, actually at that point, I think he was with, uh, Devon, I think Bubba was still a, still a baby face at that point, but he was not ring announcing. So when I had my first gig, he coached me and just basically would help me with the hometowns of Wade. So I didn't have to go around cause he knew them all. He would, you know, and they do their introductions, boxing style. So he was kind of walking me through how to do that. And then I'll never forget. And it's funny saying this now, considering everything that happened. Oh, yeah. And when the gangsters come out, you know, you'll be in the ring. But as soon as they come out, just get the hell out because, you know, the New Jack's going to throw the barrel in the ring. And, you know, you don't want to be in the way. Just, you know. So that that's what I meant by him being my coach. And we've been pretty decent friends, like, all this time. So I'll see him at a WrestleCon or we have a thing up here every year, um, a New England fan fest, and he's usually part of that. So we always connect and he's just a really, really good guy. So um, he, he really helped me on that first night. I well, wasn't I mean, prepared for everything else, but <laughs> sure. So I mean, look, just I guess just touch on the mass transit incident. Then I had no idea that was your first night. So you see that happen. You see the uh, the the gusher of blood in the ring. Is I mean, that's a practice where I think a lot of people don't understand. Is like you know, it sounds crazy in 2020 to say guys would you know not going too much in detail but help other guys with what they don't want to do in the ring and that was a that was commonplace you know in the 60s 70s and 80s and yeah. i guess <laughs> i don't you know maybe new jack went a little bit too deep maybe he was a little whatever happened happened but yeah was it as crazy backstage and everything going on as they made it seem yeah and so everything you saw on the TV show, I saw. So um, I was probably closest to the ring uh, when the kid's father was yelling, ring the effing bell. He's 17. He was 
talking directly to me. And I was not ringing that bell unless your last name is Heyman and you tell me to ring the right. bell. I was not. And I remember I, it was bad and I, I'd never seen that much blood and I did run to the back and Heyman and one of the local promoters, um, that had booked me, uh, this guy, Paul Richard, who used to be a referee for them. Um, I just said, I think we have a, I think we have a potential problem out there. I said that there's a lot of blood out there. And I said, you know, I said, I have like, I have a towel in my bag. Do you want me to grab? Like, no, no, nope. Just get back out there. And thank God I did. Cause right when I got back out there, New Jack's like, give me the fucking microphone. And just handed it to him right away. Absolutely. (laughs) So when he cut that promo saying, I don't care if this fat mother effer bleeds to death. Cause I don't give a F, you know, I literally just handed him that microphone and then, it was crazy, but I was in the back when the kid's father was trying to get back there and saying, I'll, I'll kill you, you effing N. And I mean, every, that was legit. It was friggin', it was crazy. It was scary. And I was just like, what the hell have I got myself into? Did you rethink your relationship with ECW at that point? Or were you like, this is awesome. I was such a mark for No, I was definitely not. This is awesome. I was such a mark for the product. Like I was, wa- I used to watch, I used to get the tapes. Cause I mean, we didn't even have the TV show. Um, we had just got the TV show up here, but I remember I used to get all the tapes and I used to fucking love it. Couldn't believe that I was actually going to be ring announcing. And then all that happened. So I went from beginning of the night, getting there. I had a comp ticket. And Paul Richards said, do you have your tux with you? And I said, of course. And he goes, go get it. You're ring announcing. I was like, holy shit. Because I had just been to their show the night before in Webster. And it was more of a TV taping that night. And Joey Styles was actually there. And he was actually doing the ring announcing and whatnot. But I was there watching. Then the next night to be asked to ring announce. And I was ecstatic. And I'll never forget, you talk about the highs and the lows. I started my night going through that curtain to the locker room and seeing three people all standing around talking to each other. Uh, Tammy, Beulah, and Francine. Those are the first three faces I saw when I walked in that locker room. And then to go to the end of the night or you know, halfway through yeah. the show when all that chaos was going down. And I just never forget, Heyman called me over. He's like, where's my ring announcer? And I went over and said, what's your name, kid? And shook hands. And he goes, what do I owe you? And I was like, man, I make 25 bucks a night. Don't whatever. He goes, not here. You don't. And he wrote me a check for more than $25, which was nice. And I legitimately looked at him and said, uh, you know, I, I'm honored to be here, but you know, you make sure like nothing like that ever happens to me. And he said, as long as you work here, don't worry, you'll always be safe, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll never forget that. But I was so uneasy after that. And um, New Jack obviously wasn't on the next several shows until that court case was all said and done. But um, that kind of helped give me a little bit of name value, though, just working for ECW. So it kind of helped my my stock on the indies around here. So, um, yeah, but what a crazy, crazy time. Man, that's uh, that the definition of trial by fire. But I mean, 1996, you're walking into what'd you say, Francine, Beulah, and uh, Tam. Tammy. Yeah, I, that's that's the 1996 Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah, that, that's the who's who. Yeah, that's I, I can't. You can't focus on a show at that point. It's like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> I've I've made it. So first thing I wanted to do too is like, oh my god, I'd love to get a picture with those three. But you know, I I didn't want to. You know, I was just there to do my job. I didn't want to totally mark out. I, I wish I had. I really wish I had marked out more during those days. But it was just such a, such a rush just working there. It's incredible. So the name value of ECW, like you said, helped you on the indies. How 
where did you focus on, you know, before you got to be on wrestling after ECW, you know, where, where did you spend a lot of your time? So I had started with a company called Century Wrestling Alliance that Tony Rumble had um, run. I started with him in 93. I started in ECW in 96. Uh, I was there till early 99. And then Tony Rumble passed away suddenly on uh, November of 1999. And I thought that was it. I thought that was my career it was over because I'd pretty much worked for him. And then just some smaller indies here and there as they popped up just because of my name value for whatever that's worth. Um, but then when NWA New England, so Century Wrestling Alliance had bought into the NWA. So we were part of the National Wrestling Alliance. And then Tony passed away and we didn't know what was going to happen with the company. And I thought that was it. Um, fortunately, like a year later, chaotic wrestling started and I should say chaotic wrestling and everybody else that wanted to be a wrestling promoter all of a sudden became a wrestling promoter. Um, so I started with chaotic in 2000. They're still here today. Um, Brian Fury has bought, you know, the promotion and he runs the school. He owns the, the, the promotion. And, uh, so I, that's been my home for 20 something years. I just did random indies here and there's a few other companies that I've worked for. And then beyond started, well, beyond started in a garage in Ohio. Yeah. The 2008 or 2009, when they did their first show in Providence, I kind of worked my way onto the show through Biff Busick. And, um, I had met Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place I'd met him at WrestleCon in New Jersey uh, but I never worked for him. And then when they did their first big show, American Rana 13, um, I just hit a biff and I'm like, all right, you guys have been running shows out of Brian Fury school. What is this FET music all about? He's like, it's our first really big show. I said, well, do you have an announcer? He's like, not really. So he talked to Drew and Biff gets back and he goes, well, he can use you, but he doesn't have much of a budget. I said, I don't care. Whatever. He will after this one show. And sure enough, um, so that was it. So that's kind of given me a lot of name value too. So it's like, I've been the guy with chaotic for 20 something years. And now as beyond gains more mainstream, um, uh, notoriety, uh, I've gained some notoriety, I guess. So right place, right time. I just sold myself. I didn't care about making money. I just wanted to be on that show. And it was I mean, right place, right time. But you know, as a fan, you know, you do that for your fandom. Like you said, you're very um, lucky to have the the full time life, and this is extra money on the side. So for you to put that time in when you don't necessarily have to, you want to, you know, right place, right time is one thing, but also a commitment to something you love is, I think, kind of what gets your foot in the door. And um, Beyond Wrestling, definitely, you are the voice of Beyond Wrestling. I'm not saying that because you're on the show. You absolutely are. Thank you. Um, and then independentwrestling.tv. Uh, you know, came along and especially uncharted territory for beyond wrestling. I think uncharted territory is such a, a crucial, you know, part of who they're becoming because they're delivering very, very good wrestling week to week to week. And they're building their own star. A yeah. lot of these companies, you know, they try to build their own stars, but I, I don't, maybe they don't have the, the widespread availability that like, um, an uncharted territory does. So how, why is beyond wrestling so good at that? Why are they so good at making names or helping people along? You know, like you said, Chris Dickinson, Chris Statlander, uh, Kimberly, Josh Briggs, just to name a few people, you know, how, how did they, how are they so good at that? Or they just have a good eye for talent, good eye for talent. Um, and just giving the fans what they want. I, I think the biggest thing with beyond is it's not a new England indie. And that's what separated it from everybody else because everybody else just used talent in this area would bring in a name here and there, depending on, you know, what the money situation was like, if it was a fundraiser or whatever. Um, but Drew has just had an amazing eye for talent 
and like I said, not making it just a New England indie. It's all these guys from other parts of the country. I mean, flying guys in, banking on these indie names drawing, which they certainly have. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Plus, you're getting like indie fans. I think they, there are fans out here that I, I'll say this and I've said it publicly before. The chaotic wrestling fans, they know chaotic wrestling and WWE. Now maybe AEW. That's all they know. Whereas the Beyond fan knows independent wrestling. So they see like all these different guys, like the guys and girls that you had just mentioned, and they're like, oh my God, they're going to be in Providence. They're going to be in Worcester. They're going to be in Boston, wherever. Oh, I'm going to go. And I think it just took off and completely exploded from there because it went from the guys that were wrestling in a garage and in a wrestling school with no fans to that first American Rana in front of a crowd and it just took off from there. And when you got guys like Kevin Steen and the young bucks and Chris hero and all these huge guys that had done bigger things elsewhere. And now they're right there in your backyard. How can you not get fully invested in that? So very lucky. And, you know, Drew just posted something. April 3rd was the one year anniversary of the first uncharted territory. And he had pictures of, Janella and Chris Statlander and so um, SCU and Jordan Grace and John Gresham and all these people. And now look at them. They're in AEW. They're in Ring of Honor. They're in Impact. You know, so he's just got a, they just always had a great eye for talent. And uh, the proof's in the pudding now. And so. knows how to book the match. I mean, one of my favorite matches from Beyond was, uh, I think it was the Bucks and Kevin Steen versus Team Tremendous and somebody. And it is just like, that the atmosphere there too uh, that's what is so different from you know because the fans are right up on the ring you know and yeah. that's you don't see that i beyond wrestling is actually the first place where i saw that okay. um i know uh there are plenty of other places that have done it but beyond wrestling is the first place where i saw the fans actually standing with their hands on the ring is that yeah is that like was that worrisome in the beginning i feel like because insurance wise is that is that an issue do you think um it at the beginning I felt more like it was, but I think it, because it's, be, it's such a controlled, I think the fans are just so respectful and they get it, you know, it's like, and we always tell them, you know, especially if Nick Gage is coming out, you know, stand back a little bit when his match starts. I always say, usually before we go live, if a wrestler's coming your way, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. You know, sure. if you see a wrestler coming towards you, I'm like, don't be sitting here on your phone, you know, cause you will get kicked in the face. Cause it <laughs> happened once in Providence. Somebody was like wrong place, wrong time. They weren't really doing anything. They just weren't paying attention. And a wrestler, I think was something as simple as like getting in or out of the ring and their boot caught the guy like right in the bottom lip and kind of cut him open because you know, these half these people too, it's like, depending on where the show is, sometimes you see some people at ringside and they're frigging hammered too. Yeah. I was going to say they are. <laughs> So in the old days, I used to be really hammered during the shows. I used to, I used to kind of overdo it sometimes because it's a party atmosphere. Is kind of like fun. the point. Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's fun. Yeah, and I always tell people like fans that have come to chaotic, like, oh, I'm going to check out Beyond sometime. What's it like? I'm like, it's it's a blast. I said it's like a party, and and that's pretty much the way every show is. Now when we're doing it every Wednesday night or every Thursday night. Um, you know, it just, it just became, you just get used to seeing those people and they become like your friends because you see them so much, you know, them from social media. Now you're seeing them every week and they're super respectful and they're buying merchandise and they're supporting the product. And it's like this big family atmosphere, which I miss dearly because we were going to be starting up season three on April 30th. 
um, which now we're not. Um, well, at least in Massachusetts, we can't do anything till May 4th, I believe, is our target date here. That's I know that's when my kids are supposed to go back to school. So. Oh, they, they have a date. Okay, in New York, they said uh, May 1st. But I don't know if you heard, Dana White just bought a private island to put on UFC 248. Oh, Dana shit. White, he... I, in the craziest Vince McMahon shit I've ever heard in my entire life, Dana White wants to put on the next UFC fight. He bought a private island just to put the fight on. That's unbelievable. That That's some uh, Enter the Dragon kind of stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. the things that we have to do right now, and, you know, uh, you touch on a couple things. I want to talk um, fans not watching out. The first Evolve show that Joe and I had ever gone to, AR Fox took out a fan in the front row, completely unconscious, concussed on the spot, vomiting in a garbage pail. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go to shows like this, you're in the front row, just watch what's happening and watch where you're going. But then Jordan Grace posts on Twitter. She posts, if I'm diving near you, please catch me. So it's like a catch. (laughs) What do you do? You know, you you don't want to get you don't want to get too up close and personal. But, you, you know, you mentioned Nick Gage and I had to ask you, is there any. Does anybody convey just pure emotion from the fans like Nick Gage does in 2020? Absolutely not. Not. And when he says every show, he's like, I love you fucking people. He ain't kidding. He, he is like, honest to God, he's something special. I mean, we just had him in chaotic for the first time. He's the furthest thing from a guy you would have in chaotic. Um, Fury kind of did something where the four guys that were going to be competing in the main event to earn their spot in Chaotic. It's a big show we have called Cold Fury, which was supposed yep. to be last Friday. Um, so it was Mike Verna, Josh Briggs, Anthony Green challenging Christian Casanova for the Chaotic Heavyweight title. Well, the three challengers had to face somebody outside of Chaotic to earn their spot. And Briggs is a heel at chaotic and fury kind of put him with nick gage unbeknownst to him and you know you probably saw the matches they had at beyond um so this was this was kind of surreal to see it in that chaotic you know wwe kid friendly i couldn't say i couldn't swear and it was just so how do you not swear when nick gage walks to the ring you know it's the second time i've had to do it there's a building uh the building in melrose mass where um beyond's done the double shots with evolve um very uh historic building um i grew up like 15 minutes from that building um i did one of my first shows there in 1994 but they're they they're they don't want intergender in that building um and they want they want clean they, 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 we have to have. They, they don't want the fans up against the ring, so we have to do the chairs on the floor, and they don't want swearing. And I'll never forget. I introduced Nick Gage in that building, and I said, "Nick frickin' Gage," and he just walked right by me. He goes, "Frickin'?" I'm like, "It's the building." Sorry, <laughs> you know, it's a building, man. It's a, yeah. You can only do so much. But no, nobody. He's just. Um, he's just so much energy and so much genuine passion for what he does and and the people around him so he's a great guy did you see the uh interaction between him and missy hyatt on twitter no okay, missy Lord. hyatt was like i'm not familiar with mdk what does that mean and he chimed in i did so- see that i did yes it's just nick gage to a t and i must have i must have sent that tweet to 100 people i'm like what a world we're living in in 2020, you know, like to have a talent like Missy Hyatt talking to Nick Gage about, I mean, it's so, 
it's cool because you know you see like um joey janela's you know the, the clusterfuck he had like glacier and and before pco got big there was pco i think the i don't know if any if any sports um have benefited from social media and the internet as much as professional wrestling i the ability to consume so much and it's like where are they now like, you posted a picture with uh duke the dumpster Drosy, i believe at an event not too yeah. long ago yeah last summer yeah yeah, Duke the Dumpster Josie, the crazy, he used to work for my aunt in Florida, and she's always like, oh, he's the nicest guy, and she sent me pictures of him lifting her over his head in, you know, in, like, 1990, it was right when he got signed to WWE, so 94, maybe 95, Yeah, and, like, I can go to an event in 2020 and see Duke the Dumpster Josie. It's just to think that all because of the internet, you know, it, it's so... It's so massive that that outreach and now, like you said about the the indies in the quote unquote indies in the northeast area, you have people that are in California watching what's going on in Boston, Massachusetts, week to week to week, and it's not like the territories anymore. It's become yeah. you know must see television. Yeah, and those those indie guys have become that they've become the draw now. Where, you know, I grew up. Now I sound like like when I'm talking to my kids, when I was your age. But I mean, I grew up in a, in a time where the New England guys, that was your undercard. You sat through five or six matches of local talent before you got to see the top local guy wrestle Tony Atlas or King Kong Bundy or Brutus Beefcake, whoever that top former WWF, WWE guy was. Um, whereas now people are coming to see Chris Statlander, Chris Dickinson, Joey Janela. Um, yeah, the, the names just go on and on. And it, it's, it's just speaks to the way the business is right now. And that's why all the national companies are picking up all the top indie guys. You know, yeah. when we lost Dijak, Drew's like, you know, oh, who were we losing? We were losing somebody. And um, yeah, it was Dijak. And Drew says, what are we going to do? We're not going to have him much longer. I said, don't worry. There's this dude. He lives a couple towns away from me. His name's Josh Briggs. Long hair. He's one of Fury's students. He's awesome. He's already starting to do shows. And then look what happens. And now he's the evolved champion. And it's just not to reuse the word, but it's just how this business evolves. So there's just so many top guys all over the place, whether it be from here or create a pro or Chikara, all these guys that are getting good quality training, uh, NYWC, um, yeah. you know, we're getting all these, there's so much great talent out there and it just, it keeps cycling. So thank it's God. Funny, uh, Die Jack, you know, his matches with Keith Lee in, a, in uh, beyond wrestling were legendary. And now what they're doing like a best of 116 series, I think on I think the next, so. <laughs> I mean, I which so. is, is good, but if you and I'm not to not to knock you know you know the WWE or the NXT, but if you really want to see those two guys do what they can do, you'll go on independent you know wrestling TV and you'll watch what they did um, in Beyond Wrestling because that's where like you know the the handcuffs are off and just have a match and some of the things that they did were special yeah. in Beyond Wrestling and and you know that company is really known for just putting two guys that. They think they're gonna have a good match, and it seems like kind of do what you got to do and make magic happen. That's what I mean. The Young Bucks were there. We mentioned Kevin Steen, uh, Red Dragon was there, O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and like you said, it's not. And now the crop of talent that were built there are on the top of the card in so many other places. And that's like you said, it's it's good training. It's not like it was, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago when the opening match was like, oh, okay, 
You know, yeah. I, I'm here. I'll sit down. It's a popcorn match. Now the opening match, top to bottom of the card. The same thing when you watch a show on Charter Territory. It is just wrestling for, you know, 95% of the time. And that's why it's, I, I think the ratings are doing so good. And it's unfortunate that season three wasn't able to start on time. Yeah, we'll get it in there. I mean, I think uh, I did a, we have a series out there on YouTube where Drew's been interviewing a lot of the roster from beyond. It's called Positive Contact because, you know, we all stay six feet apart. Now here's <laughs> po- here's something we can actually do. And Drew and I did a, a, a sit-down episode and, um, you know, one of the things we were talking about was, all right, if Uncharted Territory can't start when it starts, you know, we have a date for American Rana. He still won't even tell me where the building is, but, you know, as long as, okay, so it might not be 13 weeks of Uncharted Territory to build up to American Rana at the end of July. If it's, maybe it's six or seven, maybe it's 10, I don't know. Um, you know, but it, it is, it, it's frustrating, it's aggravating, and, um, it's 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 a worldwide pandemic so what can we do you know the the biggest thing that drives me insane is i'll get a dm from a fan when's the next chaotic show or you know when's uncharted territory i'm like do you know anything outside of wrestling i mean do you <laughs> see that there are people dying in the world and i have to wear a mask to go buy some chicken at at, at a grocery store i mean um you know it's just it's it's so messed up but i'll tell you i'm 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 missing it like like hell. I was really looking forward to Uncharted Territory Season 3. I can't wait for it. It was going to be actually the day before my birthday. So I was like, oh, and I work from home. I'm just going to all Uber. I don't care. Let's have some fun. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just can't wait to, to be able to do it again. But in this day and age, who the hell knows when that's going to be. So that's And, you know, that was a question. Uh, did, you get, did you watch WrestleMania over the weekend? I did. I, I did, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, for example, the Drew McIntyre, like, oh, they should have waited until he had a crowd. Oh, yeah? When's that going to be? Why exactly. don't you tell me exactly? And the same people were like, oh, they should have waited to debut Matt Hardy and uh, Brody Lee. Okay, sure. Tell me when. Tell me when they're exactly. going to have 30,000 people. So I don't think it was the um, I don't think it was a bad idea to do what they did. I think you have to can, you know, it's got to be business as usual because everything is so uncertain. Yeah. And then the, the phrase that everybody throws around now is the new normal. So. We have to get used to what we're seeing right now. Um, you know, I joke and I say, well, this is like half of the New England Indies. I mean, no friggin' fans there anyway. So, you know, it, it, and, I, and I've done shows like that early in my career. So, you know, but... Um, I've been to shows like that when it's me and 10 people, you know? it's yeah. it, it is what it is. It's part of the game. Yeah. A buddy of mine um, used to wrestle with Julian Starr. Uh, he was a chaotic regular and worked for Beyond a couple of times and whatnot. He has since retired. Um, he's still involved in training at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And he had posted something, I think, on Facebook or Twitter, said, you know, one time at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, me and Biff Busick got spoken to for going too hard wrestling each other at the school. Now, who's laughing now? Right? Because think about that i mean uh, all the all these guys that came up the right way this is they, they're used to doing this at their training facility never in a million years would anybody expect that to be the way wrestlemania would be presented but you know the, the fans that want to shit on it i mean they're the worst f off like oh and they're gonna critique this and they're gonna critique that i saw one dude like was critiquing the fact that the the, the ceiling fan over the entrance way was such a distraction during the ladder match really Stop. really serious? I, I swear to god i could not even make it up like <laughs> like nobody could take that down like 
that's one of those they're, they're actually called like big ass fans they have them at my gym uh, yeah. up the road here they're literally called like big ass fans it's like no i'm sure that serves a purpose they're not going to take it was it that distracting seriously but, i mean listen i i wish that was i was the type of person that that was my biggest worry in my life you know like yeah, that yeah. damn ceiling fan is going to keep me up at night you know yeah. they but that's why I think social media is just can be, especially right now with what's going on. Oh man, it it really brings out the worst in people. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I just I just love watching. Like, you know, I, I think too many people. We were talking earlier about you know fans at shows and not paying attention. I think too many people lose sight of what's actually in front of them because they want to try and capture it on their phone and I need to take this picture or I'm going to, you know, take a selfie with the ring behind me and all this other stuff. And, and I think they really miss out on everything. I think become, people become so jaded. So now you have every wrestling fan or every indie worker that never made it. Now they're going to tell you on social media what's wrong with every single match. Like, oh, this should have been on the pre-show. Shut up. Like, <laughs> It's the only form of actual entertainment, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, that's actually still giving you something. What else would we have done for, you know, six and a half, seven hours this weekend? They broke it up. I would have three watched days. Saturday night's main event from 1987, like I've been doing and stuff like that. You know, actually, yeah. you know what? No, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna have a complaint about WrestleMania. And I'm not gonna. Um, I don't care who hears it. Cesaro and Drew Gulak. Should A, not have been on the pre-show, and B, I wish it was about 20 minutes longer. That's all. That's my only complaint. That match was fantastic, and I love Drew Gulak. So that's my, if I'm going to be the internet guy, that's my one complaint for WrestleMania weekend. And that's an educated complaint. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a tape show. You don't need a, you don't need a pre-show match on a damn tape show. I'm just going to say right. it. Right. But no, for the most part, I mean, did you enjoy the shows this weekend? I did. I did. I'll tell you. I mean, the, 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 the super fan in me had a smile ear to ear for Otis and Mandy. I mean, oh. that's what we've all been waiting for. Best part of the weekend. Yes. Yeah. 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 But even everything like, okay, you know, Hey, there were no fans there, but what are you going to do? You're going to just have, you know, um, Drew Galloway. I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre. Like, you're just going to hold that off. Like, and like you said earlier, like until when? Maybe SummerSlam, if that's happening, what are you going to do another five months of this? It's like, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, um, I, I don't know. You, you can't please everybody, I guess. You know, I always say that me and my brother always say that because, um, our parents, although, although they were divorced when I was a baby, it's just the stuff you listen to them bitch about. And then me and my brother talking like, you just can't please them no matter what the scenario is, you know, it's just, it's the same thing with some wrestling fans. Just like accept it, enjoy it. It, it was, con consider that a gift. Okay. Yeah. You know, here it is, you know, no, we're not going to postpone it because like you said, who the hell knows when that'll be. So and I know AEW has some shows in the can there. Probably they said they might be good until May, but back to WrestleMania, I fell asleep like on the five way women's match. And mm -hmm. I woke up to John Cena walking out in the NWO. And I thought I was having a fever dream. My wife's on the couch. I'm like, what the fuck am I? Yeah. Is that yeah. I'm like, I fell asleep and Bailey was a champion and John Cena is now in the NWO. It was the craziest <laughs> like 17 minutes of my life. Yeah. Did you, what did you think of the, the Firefly Funhouse match and the, um, the Boneyard match? Was that I, not a match, right? It's not a match. I was like, it's like a movie. Yeah. I, I think they had so much time to, uh, to produce it. I, I think, I think it was, I think the, the Boneyard match, I think that was great for Taker. I can't wait to see this documentary where he's already, he and his wife are talking about how beat up he is and everything. 
you could do that once a year with him. You know, I, I enjoyed it. It was like watching a movie. I hate movies and people always like, Oh, did you see Bubba? I'm like, nah, I don't watch movies. What do you watch? You're not a movie guy at all. No, I have some movies that I like, but I'm not the kind of guy. I, I don't, I know nothing about Marvel and star Wars. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't get excited. Uh, my favorite movies, the hangover. Um, it's classic. Yeah. I love, I love stupid comedy. I love Ted. Um, I, I mean, I go back, I used to love all the Eddie Murphy comedy movies. You know, that was my thing, but watching Taker and AJ Styles was like watching a movie to me, yeah. but it was, like it was a, a wrestling. Movie. Yeah. It was a wrestling movie. And I enjoyed it. The Firefly Funhouse, I was wishing that I had drank myself into oblivion or taken something because that was just trippy. I was just I was just trying to piece it all together. It was just but I enjoyed both of them because I don't know what was originally planned for if it was in the stadium, but obviously not to that extreme. But here that's the the magic of WWE. We're gonna give you something a little bit different. We know that we don't have 80,000 people. Hell, we're doing it in front of a camera crew in, 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 in the performance center. Give them something different for those two matches. I think I, I loved them both. I, I do. I, I want to watch the, um, the Firehouse, Firefly Funhouse match back again because there were so many little things. I mean, I grew up watching Saturday Night's Main Event. I was in high school when Saturday Night's Main Event was a thing. Prime time, yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that used to be on 1130 on Saturday nights when I was in high school. It was it was like every six weeks or something instead of Saturday Night Live. You got that. I remember being at parties, like drinking with my friends. I'm like, all right, put on Channel 4. It's time for a Saturday <laughs> Night's main event. Um, so seeing that and then the NWO and all that other stuff, I thought it was hysterical. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it. So was it my favorite WrestleMania? No. Am I going to go out of my way to watch you know, the entire event back, like I was watching five or six different manias leading up to the weekend. That was to get myself prepared for what was going to be a different WrestleMania. Um, but no, hats off to WWE. They took everybody's mind off of what's going on in this world for those two nights. And I enjoyed yeah, and it. I think, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch, of course, you know, a lot of wrestling. So it's, and it, kudos to AW too. You know, it's not, what they're doing is it's so different. It's so, you know, and to the performers too, they're kind of putting themselves at risk. And uh, they said, I think they taped raw last night, but SmackDown this week is going to be live. And then raw next week is going to be live. Like mm. Vince McMahon, damn what anybody says. He will do whatever he wants, yeah. whatever he wants. You know, it's such, so, uh, you know, Maybe I keep trying to preach it, you know, especially on social media. Maybe it's time to be a little more positive about what we're going. You know, if you want to bitch about the length of the Drew Gulak match, I'm totally with you. Aside yeah. from that, give him a yeah. break. Just enjoy what it is, you know, and just, like you said, continue with the storylines, I guess, that are out there. You know, you, you have to do what you have to do until it gets back to normal. And when there was that media call, I think it was with um, Donald Trump and Dana White and Vince and all those people. He said, Donald Trump said he expects stadiums to resume in August. Uh, that's four months yeah. from now. Well, what the oh, hell are you yeah. gonna do? You gonna just coast for four months from now? But I will say, like Monday Night Raw, I don't know if you watched. You have a lot, like yeah. Cedric Alexander, Ricochet getting time in matches, um, Apollo Crews and, and Alistair Black. Twenty minute match with Alistair Black. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? You know, maybe maybe it's a good thing in the long run. Maybe they'll realize what uh, you know what they have, and maybe they're not using as much. 
But if you're a wrestling fan and you don't have the crowd and you want to watch something that has a crowd, independentwrestling.tv, and you have a promo code. I believe the promo code is one fall. It is, yeah. I, I, I actually have, <laughs> have it taped up to my desk, so whatever I post it. But yeah, it's iwtv.live. Uh, backslash go backslash one fall, but wherever you, whenever you log on, I mean, you can log on using beyond, you can log on using my passcode one fall, get the five day trial. Um, it's great. I, I, I love watching now that there's GCW stuff on there. Like I was pumped to this weekend. I hadn't seen blood sport. I, oh. I, cause I mean, I, I think that aired on fight TV when, when yep. it was taped last year and I'm too cheap to pay for it and, <laughs> you know, too shy to ask, you know, Brett Lauderdale or anybody if they could just send it to me. And I was psyched. I was like, I made myself get up on Sunday so I could watch that. You know, um, there's a lot of great, great stuff on there and um, there'll be more great stuff. But so many independent promotions out there, you know, give them a shot. Some of them, some of them are questionable. Some of them are great. Some of them, I've, I have friends that work there and I've never got to see like these shows. So it's definitely worth the nine ninety nine a month. So I, I really enjoy it. Go back and watch it from the beginning. It'll be new to you, you know, or go yeah. back, take the last two years and make, uh, you know, what we kind of do, what, what I do is like every uh, Thursday night, I'll watch OTT. I just started watching OTT. So like it, while I don't have that, you know, that live wrestling necessarily all the time now, but like, okay, this is still new to me. The same yeah. thing you do with, you know, IWTV, and you get five days for free with the uh, the promo code OneFall. You're not going to regret it. Get the first month because who knows how long we're going to be doing this. So there's so much good streaming stuff on there. There's like over a hundred different organizations. You can literally get yeah. lost in there. I went yeah. down a rabbit hole once. I was watching like something in Spanish complete deathmatch craziness from like 1999 i was like <laughs> and like two hours went by I'm like, what am i watching i'm like i don't yeah. know pain, you know there's all that it's, old czw on there old iwa mid-south there's uh it, it it's crazy it's just there's so much good stuff on there um a fan had reached out to me and said okay uh, i just got my trial what should i watch and i said american run of 13 and then they came back and said, okay, I just subscribed. That was awesome. What do I watch now? And I, <laughs> I had to pull up cagematch.net because it lists, you know, all the independent promotions, the shows in order. I'm like, it's, I couldn't remember what it was called, but it was the next show after American Rana. I said, just binge watch that. It's the same way you watch uh, TV series or uh, stuff on Netflix, you know, just start binge watching, find a promotion you like, go to their oldest one and just start scrolling forward and exactly. enjoy it. And it's new to you. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be live this week. It's so cool. And your favorite wrestlers of now, you get to see where they came from. You get to see how they started. I think, I think yeah. it's, such a, we're very lucky in that aspect. Cause if, you know, you're a fan of the NFL, you love football. What, what are you going to do? You know, right. you, you can't do something like that. I mean, I guess you could watch the XFL. Well, well you could until a couple you of weeks. You could have. Yeah. 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 But Rich, listen, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Before we let you go, I we glossed over it. Are you team Bret Hart or are you team Shawn Michaels? Oh man, you know what? I'm I'm jeez. I'm torn because I'm the guy that when people say I'm oh, don't worry, I'll answer it. Who's your favorite wrestler? I always say all of them because I'm just such a fan, but I am a Bret Hart guy. Yes. I really am. Yes. It's I because and and it's almost like it's almost like I tell my kids when I'm watching the Patriots, it's like, 
you know, I stole it from Family Guy. You know, Daddy loves you, but Daddy also loves the Patriots. And in fairness, the Patriots, I've known the Patriots longer. I remember skinny, skinny Bret Hart when he first came from his dad's promotion and was on WWF TV when I was in high school. Um, and We're I got to work. Blue, right? But yeah. yeah but he, I'm talking before that, though, with just trunks. Like he'd be in a random tag team match, like teaming with like Ivan Putski on Championship Wrestling in just like a squash match. Um, it's like same thing when the British Bulldogs, like they were just Davy Boy Smith, the Dynamite Kid before they were even the Bulldogs when they were taping All Star Wrestling. Now I'm really dating myself, but they used to tape <laughs> um, All Star Wrestling uh, uh, up in uh, Kirchner, Ontario, Canada. Um, when they took it out of Hamburg and Allentown, PA, that's where they used to tape. Their syndicated Saturday morning shows. Um, the All Star Wrestling show was in Canada, so you saw a lot more of the Canadian indie guys and the you know, the Stu Hart guys and whatnot. And it's the first time I saw the uh, Bulldogs before they were the Bulldogs, and I've I've, I've known Brett longer. Uh, Brett was on a show out here last summer. Uh, I got my action figure signed. It's on the wall over there. Um, and Chaotic had him on a show back in like 2000 or 2001. He was very very personable very polite so very nice to talk to so um i love but don't get me wrong i friggin love Shawn michaels sure absolutely yeah. do. but if i have to pick one or the other um you know that's my i've known brett longer so i will say we've probably spoken to a hundred people oh there's my dog by the way he's he, he <laughs> me. um it would be me you and solo darling are on the brett hart train and everybody else was team Shawn michaels we asked eric bischoff and there was a long pause and he's yeah. like is that a serious question? I was like, nope, we know your answer. Don't have to say anymore, Eric. No worries. And honestly, I remember when we were talking at the beginning, I remember you said you were you were Brett and Joe was uh, Sean. was Sean Michaels. I couldn't remember who was who. And I'm like, geez, I don't want to insult the guy that's interviewing me right now. But no, but I mean, that's been my thing. I always, 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 um, I, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm a Bret Hart guy. So um, I'm going to chalk it down in my book. I have a tally going in. We're <laughs> far behind, but it's still early. You know, you That's never okay. know. That's love. Okay. Uh, yeah. Love Bret Hart. Listen, I love Shawn Michaels, too. But if I have to pick one, uh, I'm going, Bret. But listen, we cannot thank you enough. We appreciate your time. Where can everybody find you on social media? And and please, I'm, I implore you to start up that um, like an Instagram based on all your cool collectibles and autographs. I think that would be awesome. I'm going to have to have one of my kids show me how to do that, how to create a second uh, Instagram account because I'm not that bright. But um, uh, just Rich Paladino on Facebook, um, at Rich Paladino on Twitter, and Ringside Rich on Instagram. And my Instagram is 99% just me and um, whichever wrestler I was lucky enough to get my picture taken with. So a lot of times I get too shy and embarrassed to ask said performer to take a picture with me, but... At the end of the day, I know um, I'm on the, the back nine of my career, so I want to, um, you know, get more pictures And because I know, you know, when I'm 61 years old, I don't know if I'll be still doing this. Who knows? But, you know, it's just like I, I want to have more memories because I look at my parents aging right now and I want to have more things and more memories and more crap to keep me alive and keep me young as I get older. So that's my, uh, that's my PSA. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, Jim Ross didn't hit his stride until he was 61, so you got plenty of time. <laughs> I'll never give up. I'll never give up. I, I am I'm always knocking on doors, not as much as I was back in the day. Uh, if you guys ever want to have me back again, I had a tryout with WWE in 2003. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many different layers to my career, 
but I've always said I'm going to do this until it's no longer fun. And after 26 and a half years, it's still really fun. So if it's fun after 26 and a half years, I'm sure it's going to be fun another 53 years or from now. It's something that they, they can't take from you. And yeah. I would absolutely love to have you back on the show. And we hope to see uncharted territory soon. Uh, whenever it is, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye out and we look forward to having you back and we can't thank you enough for your time. My pleasure. Thank you both. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All right. Good night.